Hello, I'm Emily Ferris, the host of Mother Mother, a new podcast from the mom friends you need right now, because this shit is hard. What you're about to hear is Mother Mother bonus content. It's an excerpt from the original pilot I recorded with Andrea Mallory in the fall of 2020, when we were both in pandemic parenting hell. Andrea was supposed to be my co-host for this podcast, and for reasons that weren't her fault or mine, we had to sit on that pilot we made for an entire year. Basically, we were negotiating a deal, a production deal, and it fell through. And by the time we were able to launch the podcast, Andrea had been offered a big new job in tech. But I already had the equipment and a URL, mothermotherpodcast.com, and an amazing theme song. So I just decided, what the hell, I'll launch it myself, and I will interview a different mom friend on every episode. If you've already listened to episode one of Mother Mother, you know that Andrea is my very first guest and that our topic is mom friends. We actually considered getting into the topic of diversifying your social circles for that episode, but we had such a good, fun conversation about it on our original pilot that I decided to share it as bonus content here instead. Before I play you that clip, I do want to remind you that there is a Mother Mother podcast group on Facebook and that you should join it. Uh, you can find it by searching Mother Mother podcast on Facebook or by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Mother Mother podcast. All right. Here is your Mother Mother bonus content. I'm hungry. This is the part of the show where we get serious. Emily, are you ready to get serious? I, I'm, I'm never like fully serious, but I will go there with you. All right. I'm glad. that I'm honored. I should also point out that this is the part of the show where usually we would have an expert. But since this is our inaugural episode, we're kind of keeping it cozy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then we realize we have like this heavy topic, which is diversifying your mom friends. Right. And we realize that neither of us is an expert in this area, as we've acknowledged a few times before. So where did we turn? The internet. Which is full of experts. The Google machine. <laughs> some, some of the experts on the internet even know what they're talking about. Do they really? Some of the experts on the internet are actual experts. <laughs> Half the people on the internet are bullshitting, but I feel like we found some reputable experts. I think we did. So... I found this article on a blog called A Sweat Life, which probably should have been my first clue that this was not the article for me because, as I've <laughs> mentioned earlier, I'm a potato. But I also really appreciate subheads and bulleted lists and numbers. And this is like, here's a list of five things that you can do to diversify your friends. Girl, I am a sucker for that. <laughs> I love a good subhead, a bulleted list, numbers. Mm. That is how you get a tired mom to pay attention. <laughs> Bullet points. Bullet points. Um, so this particular article was written by a woman named Kensley Diggs. Five ways to make friends outside your usual circle. And again, these actually aren't specific for moms, but I, this felt like a good primer. Okay. So number one, visit a gym in a neighborhood you've never been to before. This one doesn't work for me because I, I don't go to the gym, mm -hmm. especially in a pandemic, but also who just like randomly talks to strangers at the gym? I have never done that. That Never. Really creepy to me, but if it works for people, that's. Yeah. Hey, I like your abs. No. 
So that is something no one will ever say to me. That's super stalkery. Now, the second one is actually, it's, it's reasonable and smart in the, bef- in the before time. Okay. So host a party with your friends where everyone brings someone who isn't part of the usual friend group. And then she says, parenthetical, bonus points if you turn it into a potluck and people share food along with their background and culture. Okay, let me pause right here, Emily, because that was pre-kids. I'm not throwing potlucks like that with a bunch of strangers or a bunch of people. I just, I rarely throw parties. A picnic can be a potluck. I guess. Well, you know, we still throw, well, through parties in the before. And I actually like this tip that throw a party, bring someone who isn't part of your friend group. Though I think I, because I'm kind of an asshole, I would just be like, okay, but bring someone who isn't white or straight. <laughs> Like, you can bring a straight person if they're not white, and you can bring a white person if they're not straight or cisgendered. Those would be my rules. At your house, it'd be like five or six people show up. And, and somebody be like, but can I bring my cousin Karen? I'd be like, bitch, no. <laughs> no. No. No, thank you. Unless she is a black lesbian, <laughs> no. Or Asian. Yeah, don't forget. What else is there? What's what, what's number three? The next one is actually very good. Again, in, in the before time. And it's something that my family should do more of. Join a volunteer group that works in communities different from your own. Okay. And I really like this one. This, mm-hmm. is, this is very good. And I, I, I've always said, like, it's, I think as my kids get older, it will be very important for us to go volunteer at a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving, things like that. Yeah. I want to do that too. I really like that one. I there, I know there are groups around us who do, like they fill backpacks for kids for back to school, mm-hmm. things like that. And I think that is a great, especially, and I think that's a really good one for moms, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's an organization that allows kids to volunteer, you take your kids, you work at a soup kitchen, you fill backpacks with school supplies. You're not necessarily going to become best friends with the people who are coming to receive these gifts, but maybe you'll meet other people. And I'm not saying you won't, but you just never know. You never know. Uh, okay, number four. Immerse yourself in the social scene of a different neighborhood. This could include live shows, theater, bars, clubs, or other social events. Well, that's not happening right now, but in the future it could. And um, I just, I, I just keep thinking, like, how am I going to like introduce? I mean, how do you introduce yourself? Like, I don't know how to do that. I'm so socially awkward now. Like, how does that even work? Actually, this, that's what's missing from this list. You go to a park in a neighborhood that is financially, ethnically, socially diverse yeah. from the one that you live. I think that should, that should be on a list for parents, right? I, when I moved here, I was trying to like make new friends and I was super eager. I, was, I probably seemed a little bit desperate because I was trying to like make friends for my kids. And I met this couple at the park and we totally hit it off. It was me and my husband, who's a sarcastic bastard by nature. Him and your husband are both very sarcastic and dry-witted. And we really hit it off with this other couple at the park. And they were so cute. And then at the end of it, like I was like, oh my God, I think we could be couple friends with them. This is going to be so fun. And then they go, hey, do you want to come and like join us at our church? And I'm not religious. And I was just like, Oh, this sucks. We've had that happen too. We're not, I'm, I'm atheist and Kyla's agnostic and it, the same thing. Yeah. But I'm jealous of those church communities. Yeah, because they've got it set. Yeah. And Kyla and I talk about that. We talk about how we wish now that we have, we never, this never came up before we had kids, but now that we have kids, 
we wish that we had something like a church community because we both grew up, he grew up Catholic and I grew up in, my parents divorced when I was young, so two different churches. And those church communities in some ways felt like a family and they were very supportive in very, very rough times in both of our lives. Yeah. And we don't, we do have a, a great group of friends, but we don't have that, that like, I, I said, I don't like organized socializing, but that group, Yeah, you're like, this is my group and these are my people and we're going to take care of the people in this community. This community. We miss, we miss that, but we're not going to like pretend we're Christians to go to a church and get a church community. Also, how did, your husband's Jewish, so how did he handle that? Well, you know, that's kind of our out. <laughs> Great out. Oh, I'm Jewish. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. We're all Jewish. Sorry. <laughs> um, so no, that's that's funny. Yeah. So I would love to like try to make new friends. And um, in fact, one of the articles that I read was Oh, wait, wait, on, wait. Uh, I only did four points. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like totally jumping in on your stuff. Go for it. Go. Number five, attend a fun class or activity you've never done before, like sip and paint or a dance class. Oh, you should end it. You know how like when you open a fortune cookie and you say the fortune and you end it with in bed, instead of saying in bed, you should say with your kids. (laughs) Feels weird. So attend a fun class or activity you've never done before, like sip and paint or dance class. With your kids. Okay, that, that With works. your kids. Does that work? That works, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also, you know what, with that one, I don't think you have to do that with your kids. Because you're going to meet other, like, you don't take your kids, you know what sip and paint is, right? It's booze. You drink wine and you paint a picture. Why well, I can't do that with my kid? Clearly, you've never been to a sip and paint. Neither have I. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be fun with my kids, actually. <laughs> I'd be like, here, do that. Our artwork would look the same. It'd be great. <laughs> okay, I, I like this idea. I love it. Okay, let's hear your list. So my list was on mothermag.com. Um, and our expert was Dr. Akila Cadet. She's an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she's an executive coach and founder of Change Cadet. But what she said was... Uh, the way to meet new parents, uh, to the way to meet parents with kids is to go to like STEM-based activities, like uh, different types of clubs, museums that host um, events like, you know, the Chinese New Year uh, at, at the museum. And, you know, just getting involved socially, like going to the community center in other neighborhoods to try to, you know, find activities at those community centers. Like for example, in my neighborhood, they have like Halloween events at the community centers. And so those are great ways to meet other families uh, that are diverse as well. So, you know, there's a couple of different ways to do it. I like the museum one because, you know, you can just kind of go and, and explore other cultures and learn something and then maybe meet some friends at the same time. So. So can I raise a question that will probably sound both a little woke and also like I'm a Karen? Yes, please, Karen. I'm sorry. I mean, Emily. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to these events at cultural centers and museums and STEM. Yeah. Aren't the people that are also going to these events also people who have like social and economic privilege and just like the privilege of having parents who have the privilege of having the time and the resources to get their kids into these programs and like take their kid to a museum in the first place? Yeah. 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 And you could definitely be stuck in that situation too. That's true. Definitely with the museum situation. 
for sure. I mean, I think part of the answer, and clearly I am not an expert in this area, but part of the answer seems like it has to be just like keep your kids in public school. Ooh, that's a whole nother episode, Emily. It's actually a whole other podcast called Nice White Parents. It, it, it's called Nice White Parents. It is. You're the one who told me about that. I did. Oh. Even though I listen to more podcasts than you. Yes. Yes. It's, it, that feels so good to be able to share that with you. <laughs> that little nugget. <laughs> okay. So public school, that also raises the whole issue of like living in diverse places, right? Mm-hmm. So I say... Yes, it's important to keep your kids in your public school. But if you live in a very white suburb and your kids go to public school, mm-hmm. that does it doesn't do anything. It doesn't matter. Right. But where we live, so I, when we bought our house long before we had kids, it was very important to me that we live in a racially diverse neighborhood and economically diverse, but especially racially diverse. And so we bought a house that is basically on the dividing line, which in Kansas City is known as the white and black dividing line. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like we live in a very diverse area, and we do. There is a black church across the street from us. Um, our neighbors to the north, we didn't know this when we moved in. They are Korean, and they run like the secret Christian church out of their house, which is <laughs> kind of cute. And we apparently live on this very religious corner of our street. And then there's you. <laughs> and then there's us. So we live in this very diverse area, but we don't necessarily socialize with the people in our immediate vicinity. Mm-hmm. And so it still feels very segregated. So I do feel like we moved into this diverse area. My child is exposed to diversity, but we're not immersed in it. Yeah, you're kind of like diverse adjacent. Adjacent. We are diverse adjacent. Yeah. I I feel like there's a think piece in that. There is. Hannah Jaffe Walter, that's for you. (laughs) We are diverse adjacent. And I, I do sometimes wonder if in trying to do the right thing and trying to to expose my children to diversity, I'm kind of fucking them up. How so? So a few months ago when I was putting up Black Lives Matter signs around our house, I was trying to talk to my four-year-old about this. Uh-huh. And I mean, trying to talk to a four-year-old about racism and then systemic racism, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So I tried to keep it simple. And I said, well, have you noticed that the people at the church across the street have a different skin color than we do? He's like, nope. I was like, oh, shit. Am I messing with my kid? Like, fuck. Like, his first, his only doll, like, the only doll he's ever is a black baby doll. Uh And we live on this racial dividing line. And the people at the church across the street are black. And in the 90s, it probably would have been great. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't see color. But, like, I I want my child to see color and and understand it and love Mm -hmm. it and appreciate it. And he's like, nope, I didn't notice. And I'm like, oh, my fucking on my kid. You know what? No. Girl, they always notice. They notice. They just don't know how to put words to it, but they notice. Kids start seeing that stuff. I mean, I think, you know, um, when they go to school, they start seeing it. When they're in the car riding down the street, they start seeing the differences. Have you had, like, had experiences with your kids? Have you had to have those conversations? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it was probably for my son, It was he was probably like five or six five years old and we just started kindergarten and, you know, black history month came around and everybody was talking about black history month. And my son, you know, we've talked about it kind of in his space and, you know, I've, I've said it before, but he never really paid much attention. 
But then because it was happening at school all the time, it was like in his face, like nonstop. He was like, mom, what, what is Black History Month all about anyway? So I'm like, okay, here's my teaching moment. Here's mom being teacher. So I started explaining to him, you know, here's, I didn't go deep because he was five. You know, I didn't need <laughs> to talk about all the, the heavy stuff. I started at like, you know, the 60s and, you know, Jim Crow. So I was like, you know how you have your white friends? And, you know, if you were born back in that time, you wouldn't be able to be friends with them. You wouldn't be able to like go to the same restaurants with them. You wouldn't be able to drink from the same water fountains. And now we celebrate that we don't have to do that anymore. We can love whoever we want. We could be around whoever we want. We can have access to the same things. Well, you know, within reason, of course. Maybe not in Trump's America, but that's a whole other podcast for another day. Seriously. Um, But another podcast. And I was like telling them like this, and you know, so we've got all these amazing accomplishments from all these African-Americans throughout, you know, our time. And I named off all these, you know, amazing, successful people who were leaders. Um, And I just said, you know, and it's, it's amazing, you know, that we've come so far, but we still have such a long way to go. But this is so great because, you know, we have all these wonderful leaders and, you know, President Obama, Daniel, <laughs> and, and my son looks in the mirror and like my heart is like, like, like my chest is shaking. Like my heart is about to drop down into my stomach. And he looks at it. He looks in the mirror and he's like, mom, am, am I black? And I said, yeah, buddy, you're black. And then he looks in the mirror and he pauses for a long time and he goes, that is awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I'm like crying over here. I, just, I get goosebumps every time I tell this story because he was so proud. And I told that story and he was like, yeah, like this is awesome. And he ran out of the bathroom. He was just like dancing and we play James Brown. And so that's our tradition. We play James oh. Brown on Black and I'm Proud. And it's just, it's just, I'm, oh my God, my heart just burst. <laughs> my heart is bursting. I want that for all kids, all black kids. <laughs> like all, actually, all kids. I was going to about to say all kids in the world, but like not white kids. White kids do not need to feel that kind of pride about their race. That's such a good note to end on. That makes me so happy. Mother, mother, how's the family? I'm just calling to say hello. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Mother, Mother and to this Mother, Mother bonus content. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, because I'll be back every Tuesday with a new mom friend and a new topic. Our theme song, Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham, is performed by the amazing Jocelyn McKenzie with Harry Bowles. I miss you. I love you.